Hello my loves, I'm Carly Deering and this is Tea with Kings and Queens, a podcast celebrating the art of performance. In today's podcast, I'm chatting to Rita Suszek, aka Drag King and your Polish boyfriend Janusz. I first discovered Janusz via digital drag and hugely enjoyed his hapless yet likeable comedy antics as he attempts to negotiate the modern world. In my chat with Rita today, we discuss the creative process behind forming a character, diversity in the drag scene, as well as an exciting series of free workshops that Rita is bringing to Liverpool in a few weeks' time. Enjoy. Now, I started this podcast back in lockdown when I always felt like I needed to start with a little check-in to see how my guest is doing. I still feel like we really need that possibly more than ever uh, with everything going on. So how are you? (laughs) Um, Currently, the world at large is doing very strange things because of the Queen. But how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well right now, but uh, it does fluctuate for me this week. I'm uh, pretty happy to be on the podcast, so that helps. And also, I had some really welcome news today that I can't talk about yet. Oh, um, drag-related? So, not drag-related, theatre-related. Ah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's all performance and it's all in one place. Uh, I do all sorts. But, uh, yeah, I've had some good news and so it's a happy day. Superb. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. And perhaps you'll come back and tell us about the theatre news another time. Um, but for today, we're here to talk about your fabulous character, your Polish boyfriend, Janusz, um, who I have seen plastered all over Instagram recently, which I was very pleased to see because of the set of workshops that you were doing in Liverpool, where I I am based very very soon. Um, But we can talk about those in a moment. First, I'd like to talk a little bit about Janusz. Can you tell me about him and where he came from for you? Well, Janusz, um, Janusz didn't have a name to begin with. First of all, I was, uh, I've been wanting to do drag for a while. Uh, but that's sort of a theme with my performing career. I'm always wanting to try a new thing. So I've done a little bit of acting that I wanted to try improv and I've done improv and I wanted to try stand-up and I've done stand-up. Like you can see a theme here. Mm. I've done performance poetry, you know, I've written things for theater, that kind of thing. And then at some point, you know, Dracking and Burlesque were on the list. Uh, burlesque has not happened yet. Um, and then at one point I was booked to... Mm. Migration Matters Festival in Sheffield, that was in 2019. There was a wonderful Polish organizer whom I met um, in London. There was like a, a Polish LGBT conference and I just sort of asked the organizers if I could come and hang out and listen to people speak and I met this guy and uh, he asked me to perform first as a stand-up. So I went to the festival, performed in Sheffield as a stand-up comedian and um, that went really nicely. I had a lovely time. And then he wanted to do it again next year, but he wanted to do drag. So uh, he was like, I'm going to be a drag queen. Can you come and be a drag king? <laughs> because just he that, just knew like that. that. Yeah, I, drag king, I think, is the only art form that in which I've had a paid gig offered before I've done it, before I knew how. That's impressive. And I know, like, it's the best <laughs> story. I think drag, I wouldn't say that drag pays a lot or consistently, but it's certainly in my career one of the things that has paid me actual money. Uh, and uh, so, as it happens, Brentwood, uh, the amazing drag king Brentwood, was yeah. doing um, 
a workshop and so I signed up to this workshop and uh, the festival gig was my second after the workshop I think the first one I played London Improv Theatre just to sort of trial the character there was like a little gig organized and I was in it uh, and uh, then I went to Sheffield and uh, and I got really hooked on it because it went so nicely I had such a lovely time you're fearless <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been a performer for quite a long time now, you know, I have trust in my own capacity to hold an audience. It was just a new thing, but it wasn't a completely new thing. Janusz is a stand up, you know, a lot of my a lot of my work as a drag king has been relying on things I already know how to do. I know how to sing. I know how to dance. I know how to do audience interaction. I know how to improvise all of these skills I've had before. It wasn't that much of a stretch. And I should say that uh, Janusz got his name in lockdown because I was doing a lot of online drag and I went to, oh, I never, I always forget how to pronounce her surname. I'm sorry, Diana. So there's Diana Fleischer, I think it's Fleischer, um, who's a wonderful uh, drag king called Bart Kapinski. Mm -hmm. uh, and she lives and works in LA, I believe. And she did online workshops. So I've done like a 13 week <laughs> intensive wow. with Diana. And it was really digging deep and it was a rare occasion, I think, for a DIY art form such as drag to get an input from a, an experienced director. And she was like, I'm not I'm not buying this your Polish boyfriend thing. You have to give him a name. You have to give him an actual name. Oh, so you and were so, calling him your Polish boyfriend. <laughs> yes, all the first gigs. I'm like, I'm your Polish boyfriend. I it's like, like it. a very it's a funny thing. And also there is a song I was utilizing by a Polish band called T Love that was literally Actually, the chorus was in English and it was so selling, you know, I am your Polish boyfriend. Yes, 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 I am. So I used this a lot for my I love it. Like yeah, I've heard it. But it didn't, you know, I didn't actually have a name and she sort of caught me out on that because I was almost afraid to narrow it down that much. You know, your Polish boyfriend is like a really broad offer. You can put anything in there. And she sort of went, no, you actually have to show us who this guy is you have to show yourself <laughs> <laughs> um so many of the drag kings i like are quite fragile creatures underneath that toxic masculinity and i think one of the video videos i saw of you sort of shows him exactly in that way i think it was um it was during lockdown um it's a video of him trying to show how strong he is but then actually underneath he's just kind of falling apart um was that partially how you were feeling too was it quite cathartic Yes, I guess so. I mean, it's really weird looking back, you know, because I have video recordings of all of those classes I've done. And these were Zoom classes. And I'm sort of, sometimes I rewatch them for ideas or to see what my thinking was at the time. And I was like, wow, I am not okay. Mm. In lockdown, I almost wasn't seeing myself. I was just pushing through. So like first lockdown, I did a lot of poetry. I did a national poetry writing month. So uh, second lockdown was drag and the third lockdown was improv and I've done like a gazillion Zoom improv courses like I was keeping myself busy mm. but um, I have a strange relationship with Janusz and sort of his vulnerability because I perform my vulnerability very differently than Janusz does or maybe I'm kidding myself honestly <laughs> it's a hard <laughs> question you know I actually don't know because I, I think in my head we categorize things as masculine or feminine and at one point I was sitting in that class and I was getting feedback 
about Janusz. And people were saying, you know, Janusz is so cool. He reached a certain age and he's really strange and he doesn't give a shit anymore and he's just going to do his own thing and he wants a partner who's going to be just as strange and he just cannot be fucking bothered. And I was sitting there realizing that that was me. They were describing me, but I have never been complimented on that. So interesting. I had a real moment, like gender-wise, in that in that situation, because suddenly I realized that I've been so hungry for this kind of approval, uh, but uh, but you don't necessarily get the approval for being forceful and fierce and strange, and sensitive, and vulnerable and all of those things. Mm. So when I think about Janusz being very trying to perform strength, trying to seem independent. I do see myself. I might perform it differently than he does, but, um, well, I also see my dad. <laughs> well, that's another thing. I was going to ask you about, kind of tell me about your experiences of Polish masculinity and how that might have fed into Janusz. Well, it's really hard to sort of say that there is such a thing as Polish masculinity, and yet there is one. <laughs> there is one because when I go to Poland now, given that I live in Britain, I do see masculine behaviors that I am not used to anymore. As, so it's really hard to pin down, but I know that there is something. It's almost like a flavor. How do you describe a flavor? Yes, yes. Um, so there is something, and... Um, my dad's name is Jan, so Janusz is a private joke of sorts. Um, also, I should say, I keep forgetting, that Janusz is kind of like Karen in Polish. It's a name that's imbued with a characteristic. <laughs> so it's sort of a private joke that Polish people really, really get when they're in my audience. <laughs> that's great. It's like, imagine you're performing in Poland, your character is Karen, and mm -hmm. maybe not mm -hmm. everybody knows what that means, but it gives you something to, to <laughs> hold in that character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Janusz is um, as a character in Poland, I think Janusz is somebody who's not very world worldly, mm. uh, like a small town businessman, a middle aged man who doesn't understand things and who's sort of aging out of uh, being somebody who sh understands the world sh sharply and really gets it. I mean, there are, I'm sure, multiple interpretations of Janusz, just as there are now multiple interpre interpretations of Karen. True. <laughs> but that description, but, I, I think you don't need to have understood the name to appreciate that that's kind of a part of his character. When you see Janusz perform, you can tell that's kind of might be his backstory. Um, but there's still something very likeable there, I think, <laughs> perhaps not in a non-Karen way. <laughs> I will say one of uh, when I was doing the workshop with Brent Wood, um, the first character that came up for me was deeply unlikable and sort of traumatic, and I decided to move away from this character. But I was thinking about working on him, and I asked Fran how to do it. Fran is Brentwood. Uh, and Fran said, um, you have to like him at least a little. You have to be grateful to him. You have to thank him for doing this work. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of very spiritual. And I, at the time, decided that I wasn't ready to work with this kind of character, and I, I let the dark character go. But maybe later on in my work, I learned to tap into some of the harder stuff. So um, 
Janusz is not my dad. Janusz is um, a divorced man, which my dad is, but Janusz also does not have any children and he doesn't want any children. And my private joke is that my dad shouldn't have any. <laughs> he shouldn't have had any. <laughs> Has he seen Janusz? What's his opinion? <laughs> oh, um, to be honest, I believe so, because my dad's very good at finding information when he chooses to, but he's never spoken to me okay. about him. Okay. And also, I have heard sort of third hand in the family that somebody chose to send one of my videos to my dad to shame him, essentially, in a do you know what your daughter's doing way. Uh, but my dad never spoke to me about it. And that's also kind of his way. He spoke to somebody else in the family and that person spoke to somebody else. And like it got to me eventually. I'm not hiding, but I'm also not looking for approval mm. at this stage. Mm. So I'm content to let this lie. Mm. Uh, I don't really see the value of coming and confronting my dad with the fact that I'm maybe working certain things out via a character. Yeah. Because, you know, Janusz is not therapy. Mm -hmm. He's a character that I do sometimes for money <laughs> uh, and a lot of the time for joy. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I'm using what I know, but, you know, he's a character that I yeah. do for fun. I think that that joyfulness is really important. And that's certainly what I feel a lot of the time when I'm watching you perform as Janusz. I think going back to that, having to have an element of likability, that's hugely important for an audience too, don't you think? Even if it's just a slither of something there. Absolutely. I think also the vulnerability, because again, I'm going back to something that Diana said to me in the early days, because we were working on the character and she had us perform physical things so that we would open our body language. And then she would ask us questions, sort of interview the character. And then, so here I am trying to be like a big king, you know, invulnerable in a way. And she's like, Janusz, what did you have for dinner? And I'm like, I had steak! <laughs> you know, um, like I came up with the most stereotypical masculine food. And Diana said, no, actually, um, tell me what you really cooked for dinner, but don't change your voice, don't change your body. And I was like, well, I had to chop sweet potato. <laughs> 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 I came up with Janusz voice later, like the proper Janusz voice, but uh, she showed me that A, it's important to use that kind of detail because it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. But also B, that, you know, nobody's... We have these really broad ideas of what's masculine and what's feminine. And that became sort of a staple of my character, Janusz being really masculine and posturing and talking about sweet potatoes and chopping courgettes and like... <laughs> You know, because he likes cooking and he's not ashamed at this point of his life, you know? So <laughs> so it became a thing. I suddenly realized that, you know, sweet potato is not in inherently feminine. Uh, it's not it's not wrong to include your actual actual life just because you're not the gender that you're portraying. Mm -hmm. So it, it actually helped me relax quite a lot about gender and sort of the performance. I don't have to make it up to be the most masculine masculine man that ever masculined you know <laughs> <laughs> i just have to craft a story and include some detail because detail is fun uh and people are interested in detail 
and when you put something incongruous, it's funnier. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely where the humor comes from with the videos I've watched of yours. It's just the thought of him doing these like little sweet everyday things. It's it's funny. <laughs> And, I'm glad it's working. Yeah. And <laughs> why do we need to question if how it links to gender? It's just, as you say, it's just joyful. Sometimes it's just joyful. So you've gone, I mean, what an incredible lockdown that you had. There's so many fantastic performers that have come and have been created throughout lockdown. Um, what was the process like for you? It sounds quite intense to have done a 13 week course. Um, how did it affect your thinking towards your performing? Well, I learned a lot. Mm. Part of that was that um, we were working quite a small group. I think it was a group of six, if I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, and it was twice a week as well. So we would have a group session and then we would have um, a session when there were just two of us, we would be paired. And both of those groups included, you know, individual time with Diana and group performance work, duo work and feedback. Mm. So this is a really incredibly rare thing in drag because drag, stand-up, you know, poetry, this is a sort of low barrier art. You don't necessarily have to get auditioned to do it. It's all you. You have to figure it out. And it's a freedom, but it's also lonely. You very rarely get that kind of peer feedback, consistent peer feedback. And, oh, it was incredible. It gave me so much understanding of what the character really was and what I really was as a performer and what I could do. And it made me hungry for more as well, because I'm not, um, I don't find acting, for example, scripted acting easy. I have to really trust everybody in the room, which for an actor, that's a luxury kind of demand. But working with Diana consistently week after week after week, I was able to do things in this workshop that I can't quite repeat on my own. I don't know that you've seen Janusz, um, Jan, uh, the, the sketch I've done about Janusz's breakfast. I wrote that in that workshop, but when I performed it, finally, I cried. I cried real tears. It was a deeply emotional performance. Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite redo it on video, sort of starting cold turkey rather than working consistently with peers a lot, like a lot of rehearsal. It just gave me so much understanding of what I could do. So in that way, it was really great. Otherwise, without this kind of feedback, would you just be taking the character out on stage and trying to feed off the audience to see what the reactions were? And is that how you would have shaped him? I suppose so. But of course, in lockdown, it was hard to take yeah. him out to the audience. Yeah. Uh, I've done maybe like one live drag gig. What um, was that like? Scary. Um, it was between lockdown two and three. Right. And right. we were sort of told that it would be a safe performing space, safe rehearsing space. But my standards for safety were higher than other performers. So I'd be the only masked person in the room. Um, and then we worked on a lot of choreography and then the theater came in and went, uh, you have to change the choreography because you can't have this many performance on stage mm. performers. And it was a little bit, but we could be there in the wings. <laughs> we just can't be seen doing it. You know, I've, I've done it once and I decided not to, I, um, 
you know, my partner's quite vulnerable. And so uh, the risk wasn't worth it in that way. But it was obviously it was lovely to perform to a live audience. I, I, uh, the, the, fun, the funniest thing I did, because I had sort of a hairspray and I put like a Dettol sticker on it and I pretended to sort of spray myself with Dettol. Uh, and then I had a, um, a, a long brush, like a floor brush. What am I missing? Am I missing a word? Like a mop? Yes, let's say a, a wooden sort of thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a I, Thank you. I was looking for one. <laughs> uh, so I put like a hand on it, like I stuck a hand on it and I high-fived the audience. <laughs> That's so cute. it's a good memory in yeah, that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now you're bringing your own workshops to the north, which is very exciting. Um, tell us about the Migrated Kingdom of Drag firstly, and then tell us about the workshops that you're doing under that umbrella. Oh, this is hugely exciting for me. Yeah. This is uh, the second time I'm running a drag workshop. The first time was on Zoom uh, because... A PhD friend of mine had leftover funding. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. That's right. It was conference funding, you see. She was going to maybe go to all these conferences and then everything was on Zoom. And you know how, how funding works. You don't spend it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. And she was from the Cathedral of Central and Eastern Europe. So she came to me at the time. She was like, I've got this money. Um, so we ran an immigrant workshop. And I will say that it sort of came out of conversations I've had in the sort of drag community because I started at one point doing lineups with queens and I started maybe working with uh, Polish drag performers and I felt very alone basically I had I was surrounded by drag queens and the vibe seemed to be that oh just you know there are no Polish or non-binary people who want to do this um, and so I was like really? <laughs> So that's the first workshop. And then that was really successful, sort of beyond my imagining. We had an Eventbrite showcase, sort of like an Eventbrite event on Zoom. We capped it at 50 people. People got turned away. Wow. Honestly, wow. for a Zoom showcase. And like that's the people phenomenal. I worked with, just like 50 people event. Okay. Like I was so blown away. It was so lovely. Uh, shouldn't have capped it, but we honestly, we thought, you know, somebody's girlfriend will come <laughs> you know, just like a small thing yeah uh so um it was i think after the workshop with diana so we've done an online showcase there so i had sort of i knew what this could be uh then i've done the online um workshop and now i'm working with pomod so it's a polish migrants organized for change the acronym means help pomod in polish um and um we've been talking about this since february this year um, and there's been a whole conversation about what and where, and I live in London, but Pomots has people in both London and Liverpool. And at some point we had people from Liverpool approach us and talk to us about it. Uh, and we were like, hang on, London has a lot of drag things. And so the idea then came to mind that we could try, um, and do this in Liverpool. So migrated kingdom of drag, obviously united. Uh, kingdom is the inspiration here. We want to do something that hopefully will be a collective or a network. We want more immigrant drag and we particularly want this to be king and thing and monster drag rather than uh, straight up king, uh, queen drag. I mean, that's probably what I'm more qualified to teach as well. So 
we want immigrants to come and do drag and do a little takeover. Sorry, showcase, showcase at eat me. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I prefer the word takeover. <laughs> um, eat me. Well, I shouldn't say, it, but I'm saying it, it is my favorite drag show. Um, it's, it's truly diverse. It's everything I want drag to be. Um, they're just the most fantastic, uplifting events to go to. So the fact that you're teamed up with them is just perfect. So you're doing the workshop and then those that do the workshop, they can come along and perform at Eat Me. Yes. So this is a whole thing, you see. Uh, we So the workshop is 27th to 30th of September. Mm -hmm. um, also, I've seen Eat Me in action because I went to Liverpool to sort of meet with people. It was bloody brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Um, so the workshop is end of September. Uh, we're gonna sort of do a three workshop and then a showcase. So we will be part yes, of it. This is free, by the way. It's a free it, workshop. This is free. Not only this is free, we also have a makeup artist help you. A fantastic makeup artist as well. Mm. Um, I'll put all the details um, at the bottom of this episode so that everyone can just link through and see everything on offer. But yeah, this is offering everything for free. Yeah, we just want people to um, we want people to be able to access this art form because earlier I talked about how it's a DIY form and you can just rock up and do it. And certainly I've done that. I've done a workshop, but I was already the kind of person who rocked up to, to art forms and did their own thing, you know, but for people who don't have that kind of experience, it's good to do a workshop. It's better to do a workshop with people who are in a similar position. And uh, my sort of platonic ideal of this thing, uh, I want a diverse situation. I want uh, a situation where people are having solidarity with each other mm -hmm. uh, over the immigrant exper experience. And also, you know, Maybe we have a little cakes in the room or like uh, snacks. Maybe we have a little bit of a props budget. Uh, we certainly have makeup that's definitely nailed down. Um, so by the end of this workshop, ideally you will have a drag name, uh, drag makeup, drag character, your first number and your first gig under your belt. It's that's, a kickstart. <laughs> that's massive. It is massive because for so many people, they just wouldn't know where to start. Obviously, the enthusiasm for drag, particularly kinging, I think, in the North, the enthusiasm is there, but it's getting opportunities like this, isn't it? To sit down with somebody who does it and to go through different processes of finding your character. And can you say a little bit about what might happen in some of the workshops, like some of the activities that you'll be doing? Sure. So if you go to the uh, sign up sheet, all the workshops are sort of laid out in nice words, like I've described what's going to happen. But broadly, uh, in the first workshop, we will be working on teasing out the character. So first off, we're going to do some physical stuff, just comfortable physical stuff to take the space with take up the space with your body, figure out how your character might move, that kind of thing. We might do a little bit of, if not drawing, then sort of writing things down. These, this is aiming for different ways that people learn and create things. So not every single thing will work for every single person, but broadly the first class aims at drawing out in different ways 
what the character inside you is and how you might get them to show themselves. Um, and that's also, you know, what music inspires you. What kind of clothing would you like to wear? You get to sort of create this in real time. And there will be work in duos. I'm not going to make people work individually from the get-go. It's not going to be just you and a mass of people staring silently at you. You know, uh, that comes later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's meant to be collaborative and fun. And then second workshop, we will uh, work maybe more strongly uh, on the character that you've picked and on the number that you've picked. Third workshop, obviously, it's just drag joy. So we get all the details lined up and we get ready for that showcase. And I think second or third workshop will be makeup, uh, will involve makeup. It's either or, I think we're still discussing it. But uh, I also think that uh, we will have a makeup artist before the showcase. So like you will have so much comfort and care <laughs> if you participate. Like I'm so excited that we get to do it this way. Mm my job and the whole thing is taking care of you oh. and i will do it to the best of my ability <laughs> because um things come up when you do drag i think we talked about it briefly uh before we started recording but mm. it's very much you don't control your character you have to sort of step back and let the character show themselves so that's a little bit surprising at times but i'm hoping to make it a nice space so that uh you can uh, dare yourself to do that. It sounds incredible. I imagine people will come along that already have an idea of a character in their heads, but if someone just has absolutely no idea, then this sounds a very comfortable place to just have a go and just to try things out. That's the that's the aim of the thing, because we will welcome everybody, the people that have a clear idea and the people that don't, because that's what the rest of us for if you don't know but you will try and move yourself and try and say things we will tell you when it's fun mm. <laughs> as well <laughs> and it's wonderful too to that you're coming to the north to encourage more kings and things because i know there are kings and things out there but it's just getting that base of encouragement and community i think that perhaps is a bit more lacking for whatever reason um in the north at the moment i think it's always when you do a project like this, it's lovely to get a spotlight on the subject. And once you get anything at all started, suddenly there is uh, just a landslide effect. Mm. So uh, we did a live uh, with Pomoc recently that was in Polish. And me and another Polish drag king spoke, but that's a drag king based in Poland. And after the live, we spontaneously did a number that we put together like a little two reels to a favorite Polish song. And now I'm, I've been included to an Instagram conversation of Polish kings who want to do a weekly live. And all of this is like a landslide happening. And That's I'm incredible. hoping for the same here. Because obviously, you know, I don't live in Liverpool and I know that there is a whole Liverpool London thing. And my job or indeed my aim is not to sort of come and make myself comfortable and make myself the star of the show and take over like no, 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 nothing. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I'm qualified for this one. I'm yeah. an immigrant and I want to uh, get more immigrants on stage. That's yeah. my qualification and uh, that's my job. And uh, I think that once we get things started a little bit, people will take over and, Absolutely. and do it. 
there was um, something going around on Instagram recently, and it's been used quite a lot, but it's just this idea of, well, if you don't see yourself represented, then get out there and represent. <laughs> and that's totally what you're doing. And I think you'll just draw more people to you to, to have the confidence to go out there and do their thing too. So it's very exciting. I hope so. I, I genuinely hope so. Because I also know that standing up to represent is not easy. Mm. Uh, I've been hearing this one for a while, but it took me a minute to figure out kind of what I was and what I could bring. Yeah. But uh, now I can do it. So maybe other people have their own journey on figuring that out. On those days where you were performing and it was just queens around you, what drove you on to kind of keep going and to keep doing it? Because it, it does sound lonely. And I have heard this story from many kings when they were starting out. Because they're the only one booked, you know, as a bit of a token. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of weird things in an online gig where some people just don't know what a king is. So they were like, we're here for the queens. What are you? Um, I can't believe that's still the case. I really, It's just unimaginable, isn't it? I blame Drag Race, honestly. Yes, yes, I do. I blame Drag Race for most things. <laughs> but also, you know, you got to give it to Drag Race for making a drag queen a word in common vocabulary. Mm -hmm. We just need more because I think a lot of particularly women or female assigned people, especially those who love clothing, they see themselves reflected in the queens in a way. And so they don't reach for more representation. And also it's just a different privilege. Doing king can be a different thing than being a queen. And uh, it doesn't have to be gender is complicated. I'm speaking in really broad strokes. But the other thing that kept me going was that uh, Aside from those couple of weird things, the audience was very, very accepting. Mm. And they also never have seen a drag king before and they were so happy. Mm. Uh, one thing that the memory that keeps me going, that was uh, that's a, from an all king gig that was Kings of Clubs at Royal Vauxhall Tavern that Frankie Sinatra does. Mm -hmm. um, and I was booked there and it was early days of your Polish boyfriend. Like uh, that could... That gig is on my YouTube, if anybody's curious, but I basically walked in singing a Polish pop song and I just kept going until it was uncomfortable. I genuinely enjoy make, making English people uncomfortable with speaking another language. It's quite easy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somebody after the gig found me and told me that they were Polish, I think maybe second generation, and he had tears in his eyes and he hugged me. And I thought, you know, because in an all Polish lineup or in an all Queen lineup or in an all English lineup, I can feel so out of place, but there are people mm -hmm. out there for whom I am something. Mm -hmm. And it matters that I do that, even if it's just singing a pop song. I, I touched this guy's soul somehow. It was wow. lovely and moments like this. And, uh, you know, after the, the big uh, gig I did with the Queens, um, a lovely gig really, aside from all the COVID difficulties and just generally me not feeling like I fit, I fitted in there, but I met some audience members and they did selfies with me and they were so excited about Janusz as the character. Uh, <laughs> and it, it made it worth it there for a while. Cause like, that was a gig that they got my music wrong like twice. Oh, at no. one point I started like screaming at the sound booth in character. <laughs> See, this is where and... your improv training is just ideal, isn't it? It helps, doesn't it? Yeah. But honestly, I've seen this I... sadly, I've seen this happen to a lot of performers and it's very hard to know what to do. <laughs> 
Honestly, you know what? When I was about seven or eight, I was in a theater group and I was playing a cleaner. And part of the thing, I think, was that I was... Um, it was like a fairy tale thing where fairy tale monsters come out to a real world. So I'm in the I'm the cleaner. I'm part of the real world, and here is a fairy tale monster, right? My job was to chase the monster with a broomstick, and in the performance, I was chasing the monster with a broomstick, sort of hitting the floor with a broomstick. I broke the broom, and I just, without skipping a beat, went. Do you see what kind of equipment they give me here? <laughs> <laughs> that is skills. <laughs> Possibly I was always like this, yeah, but also that's... it was about getting your inner child out. So <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> so that's how you dealt with it when it happened to you on stage with Janusz. You just tapped into his character a bit more. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, no, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, the audience were with me, that's so <laughs> they were on my side, but they were also rolling around the floor laughing. It was very funny. In hindsight, you know. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> Will you be performing a Janusz at Eat Me Club? I believe so, yes. Um, I will MC mostly. Wonderful. I mean, I won't MC the whole night, but we talked about it, and uh, I hope I'm not like revealing state secrets. But I will ch we'll I, check first. We'll check. Uh, I will be the person best placed to introduce uh, my workshop participants. Yeah. And I might do a little bit of something. Like, I talked to people at Eat Me, and I was like, look, I don't want to be sort of push push myself as the star of the show of any kind. Uh, but there will be a little bit of, you know, maybe audience interaction or stuff that I can do without revealing too much. So I will certainly be in character of Janusz and I will be protecting my drag children. So, <laughs> so nice. Um, Eat Me always has a theme and it's art this time, isn't it? Yes, which, very exciting. Yeah, which is fantastic. So I, I can't wait to see that. But um, it's been wonderful chatting to you. I'm so excited to see what happens after these workshops and what wonderful drag creatures will emerge into the world. Um, I hope you'll come back another time to talk to us about the experience, but also perhaps to go into a little bit more depth about this process of finding um, your character, um, because I think it's a, a really fantastic topic. Um, so thank you so much. If people want to see more about Janusz, where can they find you? Apart from coming to Liverpool, obviously, on the 30th of September, it's a Friday. I'll put a link to the tickets um, and also coming along to your workshops. Oh, I forgot to mention one more thing. Uh, just before the first workshop, which, you know, workshops will be a closed space, uh, but we also will do a little drag king panel for TWT. So that's the world transformed. And that's going to be 5.30 to 6.30. And we're still confirming our drag guests, but there will be a little panel, a little showcase. And that's one is open to all. Anybody can come, I think, uh, within the TWT constraints. So no signups for that. You can just come and just meet us. In. And then I will race in full drag to my workshop participants. Uh, so I forgot to mention as much, but you've got that little hour. I think we called it masks and mascaras. Nice. Uh, so <laughs> if, you see, if you see that on the The World Transformed page, that's the event. Great. Okay. I'll post all of this so people can get the details. It just sounds like a joyful week of uh, I will have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone else will too. So uh, is it mainly Instagram where we find, where we can find yes. you? Yes. 
Uh, I believe it's at UR, so like your, but Polish BF. Mm-hmm. Although I've been toying with changing it to Drag King Janusz because now people will know how to spell it. But um, I'm not changing it when I'm doing a massive promotional effort. So it's UR Polish BF. Uh, and that's where you can find all and any info. Also, if you look for Rita Suszek TV on YouTube, um, if YouTube is your preferred medium, I also have a drag playlist there and most of my uh, videos are there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. How do you say goodbye in Polish? Do widzenia. Thank you. Dziękuję. <laughs> 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 Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.